You're listening to The Mom Inspired Show, episode 126 with Rebecca Ferris. Welcome to The Mom Inspired Show. I'm your host, Amber Sandberg, and this show is created to inspire, encourage, and add a little extra fun to your day. Hey, you guys, I'm super excited to have Rebecca on the show today. You guys, you are just going to love her. She is sharing with us her journey from adoption to traveling in a shuttle bus with a family of seven, as well as sharing her new book that is coming out and how it's all about dealing with grief. And so one thing that really stood out to me is, you know, grief is not a fun topic to talk about, but it's something that we are all going to experience at one point. And I just thought, what a great way to kind of discuss how to help people when they're grieving. What can we say? What can we do? And how do we get through grief. So I hope this episode helps you either with yourself or someone you're close to, and also just inspires you as well to kind of step outside of your comfort zone and maybe travel with your family, even if it's not on a shuttle bus, but just opening your eyes to a whole new world that maybe you weren't thinking of. Hey, you guys, before we get into the show, I just wanted to give you a quick update on my journey with Amanda Nybert's lean program that I talked about Back in December and January, um, I had found this program last year and I truly fell in love with it. And I can tell you that my love for working out has completely changed. I have changed my lifestyle and I have changed my eating and I have gotten off some of these unwanted pounds that have crept up in life, as you know, um, how that can happen. And I just wanted to let everybody know about this program because it really works. It fits into your lifestyle. You don't feel deprived and you see results. And I just love it so much that I want to share it with you guys. And Amanda does a program twice every month. So you have not missed that opportunity. If you've been interested or sitting on the fence, make sure to go sign up and grab your spot. Even better, Amanda has given the Mom Inspired Show listeners a discount of $20 off her program if you are a first-time client. Now, if you're returning, you get $10 off, which is truly amazing. So I just wanted to let you guys know that you can go to mominspiredshow.com forward slash lean 20 to get the discount. And if you haven't heard the episodes with me talking to Amanda, you can check those out. It's episode 112, and I did a four-part series with her. So I just wanted to share this with you guys. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me and I would love to chat with you. Now let's go to the show. Rebecca, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Hi, Amber. Thank you so much for having me. I like to start off every show with an icebreaker. Um, You may know I'm a travel agent. And so I just love picking everyone's brain about their favorite vacation spots and why. And this can be with or without kids. Okay. For me, we so travel... My husband and I have like taught high school for years before we got into publishing. And so it was always travel on a budget. Yeah. So um, we, my favorite trip we took was like 10 years ago. We decided to drive up the East coast from Tennessee, like, like South Carolina up to Maine. Mm, Yeah. But we were like, I mean, this was 10 years ago and we were high school teachers. So we had no money. And we decided to do this thing called Mennonite Your Way. Have you ever heard of this? Uh, no. 
but I'm, I'm excited to hear where this is going to go. Is it so kind of like couch not, surfing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Okay. Except okay. Mennonite. So we're not Mennonite, but yeah. we, like a, a friend was like, hey, there's this directory of people who will let you sleep on their sofa and you just kind of like write them a thank you note or, you know, whatever. <laughs> Here's a thank you note. <laughs> Oh, so we like, so we stayed with the most interesting people all the way up the coast, the East coast. And my husband's an artist. So he would like draw like an architectural front relief of their house as a gift. Oh, that is so nice. That's a good gift. That's better than a thank you note. Oh my goodness. That is really cool. Totally. And we, so we made it all the way up to Maine and then we got to Booth Bay Harbor and decided we wanted to go out to Monhegan Island, which is this little tiny island. And I don't know if you've ever read the like Barbara Cooney Lupine Lady or Miss Rumpheus, I think. No, but I do. The the island sounds familiar. Can you, you can you say it again? Yes, Monhegan Island. Monhegan. Okay, so is that Mon- off of Maine? M-O- yeah, it's off the coast okay. of Maine. It's just this little tiny. I mean, like you could walk around it in like an hour. Wow. And it was just all like sort of shrouded in fog and purple lupines. It was the mm. most magical place we'd ever been and we had our one-year-old daughter with us and we had spent so little money to get there and it was just a magical that is awesome how long did it take you to drive again from um where did you start south carolina yeah and then you went over okay Mm -hmm. so was it two weeks and then we we mennonited our way for about two weeks yeah with a one-year-old yeah yeah Yeah, i missed that part at the beginning so i'm like wow yeah yeah, would you do that with kids and you did do it with kids and that worked out yeah, we have to do it with kids. That's our new, that's, that's like. Well, now you do. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And we'll jump into that in a second. Sure. So yeah, that is awesome. Yeah. And I mean, you're so brave to do that with one-year-old and staying at people's houses that you don't even know. Um, yes. Yeah. That is crazy. And I've never heard of that before. So that's, that's a fun thing. Fun things that I learn here. So uh, this is why I la- uh, this is why I like asking people these questions because I never know what the answer is going to be. Um, so, well, let's get started. How about we jump into um, who you are? So tell us what your first and last name um, is and where are you from and how many kids you have. And then we're going to jump into how you got to where you are today. Okay. Um, I'm Rebecca Ferris and I am, I've lived in Tennessee for 18 years and um I spent the last couple of years working as the, um, um, why can I not remember the title? Maybe because you're pregnant, the, which I'm people pregnant. don't know yet. I'm, just, <laughs> so, I'm, I'm 35 weeks pregnant right now, <laughs> and I feel like my brain is just not as good right now as it usually is. Um, and I do want to say when this airs, you will have had your baby. So I just, so if some yes. people aren't confused, like, wait, what? Yeah, no. no. So go my, my brain will be better. <laughs> um, I I worked in publishing at yeah. She Reads Truth as the editorial. Why I cannot honestly, Amber, I'm so embarrassed. I can't remember what it's called. The like managing editor. That's what it's called. You see what pregnancy does to humans. So I so I got started working in publishing, and it was really like satisfying. And um, we, I love She Reads Truth, and I uh, made some connections there that I'll talk about later. Um, anyway my husband and I kind of made this decision that our kids were growing up. We, so we have five Amber. I'm sorry. I'm losing. I'm just losing my whole (laughs) 
not doing great. <laughs> you know what? Okay, let me let me just back up. So the whole the whole reason why I started the podcast <laughs> is so that no no for real so that people understand this. Um, is that you know when you're sitting at a coffee shop and you hear two women talking and you're kind of like oh I really wish I could just pull up a chair and, and, and join their conversation, but that seems yeah. completely awkward. Um, and yeah. I don't know in some ways rude. And so um, this is what I like representing, and this is literally probably what would be happening to you at 35 weeks if we were sitting at a coffee shop here in Tennessee and you're totally forgetting what you're saying. And I would be like, you are having pregnancy brain. And yeah, so, yeah. so you're totally fine. You're totally fine. So you were saying that you you have these kids and you have five kids and what were you, what did you realize about having these kids that you're like, ah, we got to do something different with our life or what, where were you going? Great. Okay. Thank you. Amber. You're the best. Thank you. <laughs> we just kind of decided they're growing up fast. We don't want to miss this beautiful moment of being with them. So two years ago, we both kind of left our professional things that we were doing and moved to freelance and just started pursuing things and pitching things to publishers and just trying to do what we could to make enough money to, you know, like pay the mortgage, but also be at home. And so I moved to homeschooling the kids and we moved to traveling um, and it's been, it's been an amazing change. And like, we, we've never been wealthy. So like, we're not like wealthy now, but we are, we are so rich now yeah, in a way I that you weren't before. Not that professional, like not that being a managing editor was not amazingly satisfying because I loved it and I miss it. But I think that will be there. I think that will always be there. Yeah, no, I do understand. And sometimes um, I had a girl on that's going to air um, the week of the 22nd of January. So when this comes out, we'll be going back in time. And um, mm -hmm. she was a makeup artist mm -hmm. and a hairstylist. And she that was her dream job. But she has four kids. And so it really wasn't working out to be doing red carpet stuff and um, yeah. studio stuff. And so she decided to make courses. So I think sometimes too, even if you loved your job, that was more the traditional sense. Um, mm -hmm. And you're trying to figure out like, how can I do this and try to be with my kids? Sometimes you have to make that look a little different. So I totally understand what you're saying about that you did like your job. But you know, you wanted more of the flexibility and that kind of make that yes. kind of jumps into what I was going to ask you next. So before we jump into the meat of the show and talking about your book and your journey, I wanted to chat with you about your life these past two years and how you decided to buy a small bus and travel with your kids <laughs> and homeschool because I yeah. think a lot of people will be like, wait, what? What did she just say? So I just, I know. Uh, you know, let's just uh, okay. like jump into that and, and share a little bit and then we'll jump into um, why you came on the show. Okay. Um, so two years ago, we had, I had never been west of Kansas. I just like, I just wanted to see the mountains and I wanted my kids to see it. And I couldn't figure out how to make that work. Again, with the like Mennonite in your way, like I couldn't figure out how to just like financially swing it. Right. And we bought, we bought a shuttle bus. On, I mean, like on Craigslist, like ridiculous. Like a shuttle bus and, that you would take, you know, if you got picked up at the airport, like to go right, to yeah, get like, it, with like the, your car, rental car. Right. Not a school bus. Just right. Like a shuttle but like bus. a little so, shorty bus. Like, yeah. That, mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So I want to. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It sounds cute. <laughs> so we got it home and we like peeled everything, like even the floor out. And just like by ourselves, you know, like laid down new structure, new floors, built in beds and tables and 
cabinets and all of this stuff. And it was so fun and so satisfying and so totally ridiculous. I mean, like we are, cause we're a family of, this is, I have number six. I'm pregnant with number six right now. And so we were a family of seven, which is really, frankly, too many <laughs> to fit <laughs> in a little shuttle bus oh because you have to, because, because most people who do this sort of van living thing, mm-hmm. um, it's like two of them. And so we had, we had the interesting structural challenge of like seats for five bottoms no, five children's bottoms and then seven sleeping yeah. places. Yeah. That, that's, that's interesting. Yes. Yeah. So we got creative and our people are little, so that helped, but yeah. I, we just loved the idea of being brave and traveling with our kids, traveling, like, even though we do have kids because yes. much of the States and they just learned so much. Like my baby, my baby, who is three now, his first word was mountain and river. Aww. Like that's, that's what he was saying. Isn't that sweet? I know. Yes, I know. My other sweet. kids were like bookshelf and life, yeah. which is great. <laughs> anyway, they're like mortgage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can totally see the difference. Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. So, so we just got, um, we, we got much braver this last summer and we just started like kind of boondocking. Like, I didn't know this. If you, um, if you go to a national forest, you can just, it's called, nope, I can't remember. I'm sorry, Amber, about my pregnancy. Maybe, maybe that will come trouble. back to us. Maybe, maybe. We'll just hope that it comes back to us. Okay. Disperse camping. So you go to a national forest. So you're pulling up in your shuttle bus into a national uh-huh, forest. Yeah. Okay. So walk us yeah. through what that looks like. Um, I mean, bumpy because it's an old bus, but we, if you, if there's dispersed camping allowed in national forests. So you just find like a place, pull off to the side of the road and you just park your bus for the night and, you know, make a campfire. If there's a spot to make a campfire, Mm. if not just like cooking your bus. So we just kind of like, it's it's also called boondocking. You just kind of like find a place. Okay. Yeah. It was, um, I feel like it changed the way we thought about the States and it changed the way we thought about travel Yeah, because it was it's just like, if some, if we love something, we stayed there for three days or, you know, a week. Yeah. And if we didn't, we just kept driving. Kept it was going. kind of like being yeah. a where you had your house on your back. Yeah. I yeah, like that. It, it, it really bred flexibility in our children. Yes. And they would, they would just like, we don't know what's going to happen next. Well, right. I love that. Fun. Yeah, I do love yeah. that. So before we, we move forward, what was your favorite area that you ended up finding? Um, I I think my favorite, uh, there's so many, Amber. Okay, give me I a think couple my then. favorite, okay. okay, okay. So we are totally crazy about Yellowstone National Park. It is like, I, I know we've all heard of it. Yeah. But it is it's gorgeous. And you really get to see like, bears and bison and wolves and elk and you get to hear one night we were we were sitting outside the bus grilling hamburgers and my daughter Beatrice who's 11 heard an elk make the noise that an elk makes and I am not going to embarrass myself by making the noise okay get yeah. an elk okay oh. yeah but it, it's a big it's a big noise it's a big noise and okay kind of, yeah and she kind of turned to me and she was like, that's the most wild sound I've ever heard <laughs> I and I was it. just so happy for Aww. her yeah yeah 
some other total highlights are Glacier National Park. It's it's way the farther farthest north. It, it kind of like dips yes. into Canada. I think it's the only glacier I think in the United States, right? Yes, yes. yes. And it's melting, uh, and it's melting. Sure, I, I read sure. something they, that it's it's probably not going to be here. At, I forget what the date is. Um, so run to it, you guys, if you want to see it. But you've got to go. Yeah. Wh- which state but is the it way in to again? Get there from the east coast. It's um, Montana. Oh, Montana. And, Yes. And you can take a train um, there. You can take a train. Yeah. And you can take shuttles, which yeah. I would recommend if you are driving a ridiculous <sighs> shuttle bus that you've made yourself because the road to get, there's only one road to get through the park. It's called, it's called going to the sun road oh. and it crosses over the continental divide through, over Logan pass. Oh. And they measure you before they let you go on this road. You have to be like 21 feet long, I think. And like, I don't know, 16 feet wide, something like that. Well, um, I, I might not. You have to I be a certain right. heights across the road. You have to, the measurement to get on this, this road through the park, you have to be under it because under. it is the most terrifying road I have ever driven on in my life. It's like the edge of a cliff oh. and the mountain like comes out on the road or overhangs over top of the road. Oh. We like, we scraped off, you know, those things that cover dualies on the side, like, the like the plastic covers that reach out over your second set of wheels yes. in the back. Yep. I definitely ripped those off, <gasps> but did not fall off a cliff. It was the scariest drive ever. Wow. So take a shuttle, drive a small car. Don't drive a shuttle bus. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. We, we, like I feel like our marriage was, um, you know, in jeopardy for that. Yeah. Wow. Drive. But it was great. Is what you're saying? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Sorry. I mean, you, you, if your marriage is strong enough to manage, <laughs> I love it that. Was, and, it was and gorgeous. Now, where did, where did you stay though when you were there? When we were at Glacier, we mm-hmm. stayed in campgrounds because in national parks you can't really boondock. In national forests, you can boondock. Oh, in national, national parks, parks you can't. National forest. Okay, I'm glad you clarified that because I would have thought they were the same thing. No, good to know. Things. Okay, and then, but usually, usually they're adjacent. Okay. And then with Yellowstone, where did you stay at? Campgrounds. And then sometimes, now this is the, like, this doesn't sound like the scariest thing we did, but to me it was the scariest thing we did. We would sometimes just park in a Walmart parking lot. Now that does not sound cool, but (laughs) it doesn't, but like if, like if you're driving late and you just need a place to stop, they, there's like this, this totally unknown to me community of like people who like in campers just park in Walmart parking lots overnight. Like you think about like, um, music musicians yes. who are traveling. Yep. Lots of those, lots of those buses are there overnight. Oh, just to kind of, yeah. You know, Have a place to stop. Catch, yeah, yeah. Get, a, get some sleep and break for a little yeah. bit. I never felt fully at ease in a Walmart parking lot overnight. I just, I felt I like either I would, cause you, you uh, just don't know who's like coming around, you know, that's how, I, I, yeah, that's yeah. why I would be scared. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's and good. I'm glad I, that you're honest about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I felt like it kind of gave me a, like a, just, just a glimpse into like what it, what it would be like to, to struggle and not have a oh, home. Yeah. It probably I'm, gave you a whole different like appreciation. The, the total security that comes yes. in having your own bathroom and bedroom where you can go yeah anyway it was I think it was a great experience for us and we all lived so we're fine wait let's know. back up for a second so where do you guys go to the bathroom did you guys create a bathroom that is a great question no we so some people can do like a toilet in the bus I didn't want to do that because yeah. 
there are seven of us and I didn't want I, to carry around. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't have to be graphic. Yeah. But, um, so I just thought like, ah, well, you know, we'll go to gas stations okay. or we'll go like wherever. But then I found out I was pregnant. Yeah. And <laughs> that changed things for me because you know how in your first trimester you just go all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, so you had to fix that problem. That, that made it less fun. Yeah. Um, I think going forward, if we were to do another huge trip in that bus, mm-hmm. I think we would do a composting toilet. Uh, mm. This is, uh, thanks for asking. It's a, it's a weird, you know, but you got to solve that problem. Well, I know people somehow. are probably like, wait, so wait, what did they do? Like, where yeah. did they go? So, like, when you're at Walmart, did you just go into Walmart when it was open? Yeah. And that was fine. Okay. I feel like it, that, but that kind of, thing I think like wears on your brain yeah like always use someone else's bathroom or always brushing your teeth in a public bathroom yeah that that wears you down yeah yeah so I could see that yeah so you have to be pretty okay with that well we could talk about that like honestly I could talk about this because I could just be like but where else did you go um but I do want to talk about I do want to talk about your book and just kind of how you got to where you are today and so how about we jump into um, your journey with adopting um, your boys. And so where did you adopt them from? And what did that journey look like for you? So we, as I mentioned before, we took a one-year-old <laughs> up the East Coast because she was the pinkest, most delightful child. And so she gave Caleb and I a really false sense of our oh. parenting skills. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> My friend always said, you're always going to have a humbler. So it's always fun when you hear people with one child um, who's really a good child and people are like, I'm such amazing parents. And you're like, hmm, then your, your second <laughs> one or your third might be coming down the pipeline. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's exactly what happened to us. We just thought we were genius parents because this <laughs> child was perfect. I love it. And and we thought, and we sort of heard, so this was like 2010. And so we sort of heard like people were wearing the t-shirts that were like 47 million orphans in there oh. was a, like, there was just kind of a, a surge of like sure. awareness of yeah. the need uh, for adoption. And so we were kind of drawn to Ethiopia and we felt like for me, for me, it was, it wasn't even really an emotional decision. It was more like there are children who need families. We are clearly doing the family thing. Number three, we're killing it. So mm. we should, so we should adopt. Yeah. And so I went into it with a lot of sort of bravado, just thinking we'd be great at it. Yeah. Um, adoption is very hard. And international adoption is complicated. It takes a long time. It's very expensive. And even now the country of Ethiopia has closed their doors to international adoption and um, even the agency that we used has closed. So oh, wow. a lot of things have changed. I know. A lot of things have changed since we adopted. And a lot of the sort of support that we were expecting from our agency and from social workers um, kind of disappeared when Ethiopia closed and our agency closed. So I think we there was a lot we didn't know going into it. And there was... There was not, I never heard anybody, honestly, I feel like I never really heard anybody say, this is going to be the hardest thing you've ever done. Mm. I just, I, I feel like it was like, these children need us and they're just, it's going to be right, so it's gonna be easy so because easy. they need us. Yeah. Right. 
<clears throat> and, um, and I mean, I had a girlfriend who adopted and she was like, I held that baby in my arms and I couldn't tell the difference whether or not I'd birthed it. Mm. And I thought, well, this just sounds like magic. This just like, sounds very lovely and easy. Yeah. 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 And so I, uh, uh, and so we just, we pursued it and it was hard and it was long. And then we went to Africa after two years. And we adopted two boys and they were like 13 and 15 months at the time. Wow. And yeah. We had, when we went into it, we were like, we don't want anybody older than six months because we, because we understand, we understood yeah. a little about mm -hmm. bonding and just a little about like the window for traumatic experiences. Yeah, right. And we, we wanted to like do our, do our best to like nip in there mm -hmm. For, but I. Since then, I have learned so much about the, about the thousand little connections that a bio that a baby mm. and his biological mother build together. Oh. I mean, in that first hour, in that first yeah. day, in that first year, there are a thousand ways that the two of you are connected. Even. Um, even the smell, even the smell mm. of a baby that you birth versus a baby that you didn't birth, um, is, is very, it's a powerful force of connection. And these things are not obviously deal breakers, but right. these, these things compounded on lots of other things like, um, like mirroring, um, um, think about when you wear your new baby in a sling, Mm -hmm. And you bend over to, you know, pick up toys or you're cooking. Yeah. Baby is is moving with you. So it, it's getting this kind of like 360 degree gyroscope experience. Yeah. And it's learning how your body moves. And that that's one of the ways that babies learn mirroring. And mirroring is so useful <laughs> as we grow. I mean, like mirroring is useful now when you and I talk. Like like I, I listen to you and I listen to kind of like what you like and what you don't like. You know, yeah. like we, we do this conversation all the time. We, right. we all mirror and we physically mirror too. Like if we're all sitting in a room with our, you know, with our legs crossed and we're sitting and someone is standing on a chair. They're, <laughs> they're going to feel like, like they're outsiders. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Anyway. Um, so that's just another example of things that are hard for kids who aren't with their birth mothers. Mm. That start. makes sense. Yeah. And, and that's, this is obviously this isn't going to break a person for life, but these little subtle things uh, accumulate and make it, make life hard for that, for that child. That anyway, yeah, we, so we were in, we were in Africa. It takes a little bit of time after you take custody mm. for us. It took time. And I, um, remember cooking in the kitchen while we were in Africa and feeling like I was going to faint. And I thought, Oh, malaria. I've probably got malaria. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh gosh. And I, I just, I just felt awful the whole mm. time we were in Africa came home and we found out I was pregnant. Mm. So that would make our, sense. It was, yeah, yeah, sure. Malaria, pregnancy, it's all, it's all the same. Similarly, <laughs> terrible. <laughs> um, but so when we came home, um, I was pregnant and our boys, they were, they were really, our adopted boys were really sick. And so we were in and out of Vanderbilt and they both had oh, wow. giardia, which is a, like a intestinal parasite. And uh. um, we, since solved that problem, 
but it made it made diaper time a real overwhelming time for a oh, pregnant woman. E- oh gosh, <laughs> yes, yes, wow. And it just was, and, and I had this other. I had a uh, like a three year old mm-hmm. at the time. <sighs> anyway, it just made for some dark years <laughs> for our family, yeah. and it's like. I f- it was it was really hard for us because that window for bonding and attachment was sort of interrupted because because I was pregnant and because there were two of them and there were just there was so much that we didn't know and that that kind of led into for us years of like a feeling really isolated and feeling like people didn't understand what was happening with our family because we we didn't know how to we didn't know how to parent these boys they had so many different needs and we didn't have our agency and we didn't have our social worker anymore and um it just kind of became a really complicated place of like isolation and shame for us we just felt like we are we're failing we're not genius parents we're totally failing yeah it's like you and- swung the pendulum like you were way over here with your daughter right. and then yeah swung all the way on the other side instead of just being more like in the middle you're kind of like yeah. wow we really suck at this and so i can't imagine how that would feel um, and then you, not only do you have one you have two so it's like you had twins right, right. and then all and- the complications oh. of adopting and then their health issues i mean that's a lot yeah. to take on it was yeah it just felt like never ending like what and are, you're how, yeah right it was, yeah it, it was too much i wouldn't recommend it for yeah. anyone it was too yeah. much but somehow we all lived through it but going through those years and we like we're in a we're in a healthier we're all in a healthier place now and not not to say that things are healed i mean like we we are still broken and we still struggle and there's still grieving that's happening mm. but i feel like it that experience has made my heart more attuned to grief in other people and unresolved grief in other families. Yeah. And so that kind of leads into this book that we've written. Um, one of my very dearest best friends um, from She Reads Truth, her name is Caitlin Warnett. Um, and we, we're such an unlikely pair to be best friends because she, I think I met her when she was 27. And so she was just single and just so shiny and new. You mm. remember what it felt like to be 27. Yeah, yeah. And I, I was pregnant with our fifth. Wow. Yeah, totally yeah. different life. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, she and I just fell into best friendship and um, just quickly. And a month after we met, her brother unexpectedly and tragically died, just just unexpectedly. And um, it was just kind of those like, Lord have mercy, mm. what do we do? And so yeah. Caitlin and I drove home to her parents. Wait, like my my husband just handled it, and we drove. I drove her back to be with her family, mm. and. Um, I just, I feel like we, that experience obviously, obviously tied us together. Sure. And um, really kept the doors open for talking about grief together. And I, I realized that like losing, like losing someone through a death and the trauma of losing your expectations for what your family would be. And, Mm. you know, I mean like they're different kinds of griefs, but they are 
griefs nonetheless. And I feel like griefs felt like the way you perceive your grief is what that grief is. Right. So we, so Caitlin and I over the years have had just a lot of conversations about like, do we, because I mean, for, for Caitlin, does she, when she meets somebody, does she say, hi, I'm Caitlin. And they're like, Oh, do you have siblings? And so she says, yes, I have a brother, but he died. And then, and then it's like, it's such a downer. You know what I mean? Like, she's like, do I, do I bring it up? Do I not bring it up? Cause it's, he like, he's such an important part of my life, but well, I don't right. want to yes. go into every conversation. Yes. <laughs> so, um, we, um, one afternoon, Caleb, my husband, and Caitlin and our friend Simone were all on our back porch talking about what what we could do to make grief something that we could talk about and grief something that like wasn't just like sad and kind of brushed aside because pe- over the years people have given us books about like and Caitlin given books about grief but they're like they're so even the covers are so sad. Like, <laughs> you know, like, I want to read this. Yeah. Right, right. But we thought let's let's do let's create something that's beautiful that addresses grief and how to deal with it in a biblical way and that gives true comfort because the comfort of saying like, well, time passes but is is not necessarily <laughs> comforting to me, but like promises of God, clear promises from scripture of God. Um that is truly comforting. And I like when we were at She Reads Truth, we produced these. Um, she Reads Truth is a company that produces Bible studies. Mm. And so <laughs> you have to read a lot of the Bible to oh, yeah. and manage and write Bible studies. And one of the things that I read over and over and over again was do not fear. At, like scripture is full of do not fear. Old Testament, New Testament, do not fear. And we cannot, like, I just feel like it's so hard for us as humans to like grab a hold of that, that do not fear. And so that's part of one, that's part of the idea in this book. It's um, hold, like, hold on to God's promises and don't, don't be afraid. And I think fear is one of the things that makes grief harder. Oh, for sure. And I think too, like, you know, as you're talking, I think, um, I love that we're talking about grief because I do think it's, it's not a topic that people generally talk about. And so I think it's good for people to hear this. And, you know, as we are all aging and parents might be passing away or they're getting sick and all that stuff. And it's kind of like, how do you not even just feeling the grief for yourself, but grieving for people, you know, uh, like, you know, feeling their grief, like you're say if your friend's parent died and it's kind of like, what do you say to them? Like, you know, and what do you do and how do you be there for them? And, and then the other thing is, is, you know, what's challenging is it's kind of like love languages. It's kind of like, what, what do they need? Like, because everybody probably wants different things, um, when they're going through something. So there's, sometimes I've thought about like, asking friends in advance, like, Hey, so if something tragically happens, how do you, That's how, so intuitive. Yeah, how would you like to process this? Because here's the thing, right? You could think, Oh, I need to drop everything I'm doing and then fly somewhere. But th- to them, they may be like, I just need to be by myself. Or you may not go, mm-hmm. wait, let's say like you don't end up flying somewhere to be there. And then they're like, why didn't they drop everything and fly there? So I think there's a lot of 
it's it's hard to know and everybody processes everything differently. And so I do think that's a situation where I think it's good to kind of, if you're really close to people to kind of be like, I mean, you won't, you don't really know until you know, right. Unless they've already lost somebody, but to just kind of get an idea so that you can show up for them and help them. Um, and not just, I don't know, say the wrong things and all that stuff. But <laughs> I guess, I guess like, do you have any suggestions for that? Like with what you learned from that whole process with your friend? <laughs> yeah, I, I think, um, one of the one of the important things is everybody's there at the beginning, you know, like at the right. funeral. Yep. But but then in the weeks that follow, people forget and you know, or just like get busy with their lives, which is fine. But it's nice to have somebody um ask. And it's also nice like with a lost loved one, I think it's really important to say their name. How like um how how are you feeling? Say How are you name? missing Kendall? Oh, the, oh, missing. The name of the person who died. Oh, okay. Good to know. If someone, mm-hmm. if someone has died, um, they like, it's nice to hear their the name. name. It's nice yeah. to hear that like someone else remembers. Oh, that's a good point. And, I like um, that. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. And it's nice to remember. I think this is an easy thing that we can all do. Um, put the date in your phone on our recurring yes. yearly, like the date somebody, I'm sure maybe, I mean, maybe everyone is already doing this. No, but probably to not. me, it's just such a, like, <clears throat> it's such a, a loving way to remember. And so like when, like just Caitlin is my example because mm-hmm. she's a part of this and I sure. adore her. Um, but like he, Kendall died in September. So at the beginning of September, he died at the end of September, mm. but at the beginning I'd start like, here we go. This is our month. We're going to celebrate him. We're going to remember him. I love you. Mm. And just to have somebody who, who remembers and who's paying attention yeah. that it really helps. Yeah. And, um, I can see how that would, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. just to landmark things sure. together. Yeah. 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 yeah I like that. Um, that's, Yeah, I I do think that's a great idea. And just kind of like what you're saying, using their name and just showing up later. And, um, you know, I think one, one, one hard thing that people probably say a lot is like, oh, they're in a better place. Not quite sure if that's like the thing to say to people. Um, Is there something that like, she realized that does not go over very well? um, When people say certain (laughs) things? (laughs) I, I think, I mean, I think that like, just, it's so, it's so hard to know what to say. And this, this is why I love using scripture Yeah, because there, like there's objective, like there are, there are things that we do know, like we know for sure. And I think we tend to comfort each other with things like, well, you know, like she's better off or whatever. And like, off. we yeah. if like, if, the, yeah. you know, like, yeah. if that person's a believer, that person's with right. God and we know it, mm-hmm. but we, so like we can say, I think we can say those things, things that are true, but I just, I love to keep coming back to scripture and speak scripture to each other instead of just like, I'm sending prayers to you. Mm-hmm. I mean, we like, we don't pray to each other, <laughs> you know, like we, yeah. <laughs> I think saying things that are objectively true, yeah. I think is really important. Yeah. So that, for, that's for those of, um, for those that are interested in your book, so it's book of comforts. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, yes. When does it come out? 
March 26th. Okay, so Look March 26th. Look how I remember it. There, see day. that? That yeah. popped up for you. <laughs> Did you know that your skincare is likely filled with ingredients that can disrupt your hormones from parabens to pegs to sulfate? There are even ingredients that have been banned in Europe that are still in our products here in the U.S., When I started to look at what I was putting both in and on my body, I was really surprised at the ingredient list that was in the products. That is when I switched to an all-natural anti-aging skincare called Remiverse, which stands for Remedy and Reversal. Remiverse products are so great, and it's made it so much easier to get rid of my toxic products. So if you guys want to check out my favorite Remiverse items, you can go to mominspiredshow.com forward slash beauty. Let's get back to the show. So we're almost at the end of the show. And so is there anything that you would like to um, end on in regards to giving um, moms advice um, that are just feeling sad and are grieving and can't seem to find the light at the end of the tunnel? (laughs) Yes, because I have been there. I have been there um, in the deep, dark trenches. Um, I'm trying to think what, I mean, I just think there's so many, there's so many simple truths like in um, Matthew, um, God reminds us that even the very hairs on our head are numbered. So even when you're in a really dark place and you, and all you can see is like, I put this spoon in the child's mouth and feed them. And then I change the diaper and Mm. that's my whole life. Yeah. That God, he sees you. He like, he, he cares about you and sees you and you are not forgotten. Yeah. I think that is, and that you're, yeah, yeah, you're not to, you're not defined by this one moment and how you're feeling in that one moment. Yeah. Your definition comes from you being a creation of God and that he loves you. Yeah. No, I love that. And I think that is really a great reminder. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Well, and I do think that's really good to remember because I think when you're sad and all that, you can easily think that God's not around because, it's like, well, if God was around, I wouldn't be feeling sad, but you know, he never promised us to, that we weren't going to feel sad on earth. And so, but that doesn't mean that he is, has forgotten us and is not, you know, you know, seeing us like you were saying. So I love that. Um, yeah, Rebecca, as we wrap up, I will be sharing all of your contact info on the show notes and, um, as well as where people can buy your book and, and you guys, if you receive weekly emails from me, you will have all that info in your inbox. So you don't even have to go far to find all that information. So um, if you do want all this information, the show notes in your inbox every week, make sure to subscribe to the Mom Inspired Show email list. All you have to do is go to mominspiredshow.com and enter your name and email and you will be all set. Um, Rebecca, I am so excited for your book to come out and take a look at Thank it. You. And I do appreciate you coming on the show today, even if you forgot things and have pregnancy brain. Totally. <laughs> okay. I still enjoy oh, talking to you so much. Good. Thank you. I enjoyed talking to you too. All right. See you next week. 